beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. All right, yo, and welcome to my summer lair. I'm happy to have Darby uh, Wheeler back again for uh, season three of Hip Hop Evolution, which is really exciting because we we hung out uh, during season one. Was that one? We hung out wow. season one. Yeah, uh, right before right, hot, right when it came out. Yeah, hot yeah, docs, like yeah, little yeah. bit. Oh, right so it wasn't even on Netflix yet. No. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I got in early. I yeah, got in the ground floor. Props. <laughs> yeah. And what was interesting was, like I said, it was Hot Docs. Yeah. So that, that was April 2016. Yeah. At that time, the Raptors ended up making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Ooh. They lost to Cleveland. That was the year that Cleveland won, and they did the 3-1 comeback. Oh, yeah, they came back. Yeah. 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 And now you come back for Season 3, and Raptors are champions. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. You want to hear something funny about yeah. that? So we were filming. I want to say, where were we? In Houston, maybe? And we were filming hip-hop evolution i actually think we're filming season four mm -hmm. just to give something away season four is on its way but shad's favorite team our host shad mm -hmm. kabango is the spurs yeah i've had many conversations yes. with him about so the spurs i go i get this alert i know my buddy texts me mm -hmm. you gotta look online we just got Kawhi lettered and i'm like what i literally remember i stopped the interview mm -hmm. and said to shad like in between things i go we just the Raptors just got Kawhi. Mm -hmm. What for Demar? And he was just like, "What?" And I go, "We're gonna win the NBA championship." <laughs> That's what I said to him. Yes. And I literally felt like the minute we got Kawhi, mm -hmm. I felt like we were gonna. I, I, I'm not a homer. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm, I call myself a basketball realist because mm -hmm. my friends are delusional about basketball and the Raptors. Yeah. So I always am like real with them like you know i'm like dude demar's never gonna win here like that was my attitude and uh, and i i feel like i come from experience because i watched the bad boys like up close because i grew up near, near windsor and my uncle took me to yeah the pistons games. the palace of auburn yeah, hills of auburn hills yeah right? yeah so, and i i've had experiences you know i have a funny story about isaiah actually i can tell you later about it related to hip-hop evolution isaiah thomas but i remember saying they're gonna win and yeah there you go and i, I know shad's favorite player came yeah i'm glad you brought that up it makes me happy yeah yeah we should be riding that for a while right <laughs> at least can we ride that for most of the season probably right yeah i yeah. think you kind of already know based on the team unless they make a major trade sometime in the next little while yeah. i don't think there's don't uh, you think messiah is gonna blow it up even if they are good they look pretty good Siakam is surprising. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's coming along. So I think he's the uh, future. I think Siakam is now, he's just got to get to that next level where like when there's a timeout or something and yep. people know he's going to get the ball. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like I would like to see them get another great player. So hopefully in the next two years, thinking of uh, a, a very tall African kid mm -hmm. who went to Greece would be really nice. That's the model <laughs> I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear about Greek night? Do you know that story about the infamous Greek night in the Raptors? No. So I think it might have been two or three seasons ago. I was at, I went to this game, it was Milwaukee. And they did Greek night mm -hmm. at the rat. And this is Messiah's genius. But he got fined, I think, because of it. So he did Greek night the night that Giannis is there. And all these Greek folks came. And supposedly Giannis loved it. It was like he was just blown yeah, away. Yeah, because we have it. a huge community. Right, right, right. And I think that Messiah got fined. I'd have to, you'd have to maybe Google it. I could mm -hmm. be wrong, but I think he did get fined by the league. But I remember being like, that is the most genius move ever. Like, but they also, I think if you do homework, I'm talking a lot of basketball now all of a sudden, but they have a relationship. So hopefully we get to at least a touch to try to make that happen. Right? Yeah. Two years, I think he's off his contract. Yeah. That was technically how the uh, Clippers got Kawhi, right? They kept showing up to games and yeah. they were like, I don't know about that. I feel like he was like halfway to LA when he wanted to go to LA from the Spurs. So easy peasy for them. Yeah. I'm not mad at Kawhi. I'm, I'm happy that we got a ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. That guy's, I think, what in, a player. Yeah. I think once, like, once he kind of retires and you get the whole story out, I think it was a bit of a surprise for most everybody that Toronto ended up winning. I think he just wanted to get in the playoffs, show because that was, he was coming off the yeah, injury. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And he wants to show everybody I'm still good. I'm still healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, if they got the Eastern yeah. Conference finals or something or even got to the finals, he would have been like, see, I he told was you. legit hurt, I think, with the Spurs, but I don't think he liked how they handled his injury. They didn't believe him. They did a little bit of suck yeah, out of buttercup. And we obviously had the great load management. Yeah. Every, 
man, you cannot have scripted that better for the raps. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Anyways, is this a basketball podcast now? I it? guess it is now. That was <laughs> that was my opening question. <laughs> I like it. Be careful. Yeah. I love basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's funny because like you mentioned like Detroit um, yeah. and Isaiah Thomas. Do you want to just kind of get into that story? Because <laughs> I mean, sure. Detroit also features in season three like you get to go back to to your roots yeah yeah it's i it's yeah it is my roots i'm not toronto born i actually don't didn't know a lot of toronto music growing up like i had cousins here but Mm -hmm. definitely not black music but detroit i did uh it was funny you know for me growing up down there i grew up in a town called erio it's really small uh but it's right like on the lake on Lake Erie and it's directly across from Cleveland and about 45 minutes from Detroit. So you can get radio from both. And that sort of fulfilled my, Mm -hmm. I guess, musical curiosities. I like classic rock so you could get that, but I also would tape shows. I used to tape the show in Detroit called the electrifying mojo uh, show. I still have those tapes and then um, (laughs) they're great. He would play like furious five and like next thing you hear George Clinton and then Mm -hmm. techno, there's a guy named the wizard Jeff Mills who was also on there that I taped. So mm-hmm. that sort of is a template for me. But yeah, even growing up there, like we would go to Pistons. Everything that I like about probably like hip hop culture is rooted from there. Although it's not wasn't a super big hip hop town, eh? It probably could have been if Motown didn't happen there. Yeah. But you know, New York is obviously the mecca. But they had like they had some okay hip hop. I even talked to a lot of the guys that were are in that world that I've come to know where it's Frank, Frank and Dank or, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, that kind of, those guys, house shoes, those kind of guys. Then they would tell you that, you know, there was a scene, but it wasn't huge. It was small. I never could break into that world because I would drive to Detroit with my buddies and we go to malls and stuff, but we would never go to the hip hop shop or anything Mm -hmm. like that. They'd probably like, who's, why do you get the fuck out of here? Right. So, uh, but you could get you could listen to that stuff and hear about it. But yeah, I mean, it is true. Eminem is our vehicle in season three, the underground sort of battle scene. Mm-hmm. But I think if you the, the tricky part with hip hop evolution, you can't do all of it. So there's a lot missing. Right. But, you know, it's so funny. We have a season four coming up and uh, I keep getting notes from people said you do Detroit, but you didn't do Dilla. <laughs> Jay Dilla, the yeah. infamous, famous producers, you know, passed away. But so I'm just like, be patient. You know, that's sort of my reply. I've stopped even replying to people, but. Because I was going to yell at you about Souls of Mischief. Well, I don't, we mentioned Souls of Mischief, but that could be something, you know, it's not perfect. There's a lot of stuff missing, but <laughs> that would be, because you could do the underground episode. You could have done Souls and mm-hmm. we mentioned them. They're in their free, there's. A scene of them in Sway and Tech studio. That's yeah. them, right? I got so excited, and then yeah. like, then we're gonna move Try on. To, to- <laughs> it's hard, man. We have we don't have a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. So you want like you, I mean, I got really put over the coals for not doing um, Dell and uh, hieroglyphics too, right? Yeah, and they're like that sort whole of the crew. precursor to man. Somebody needs to do that doc. Yeah, that's why I always that's my when everybody says that to me. I go, somebody needs to do that's my <laughs> escape plan. But yeah. I mean, we didn't. It's hard. We tried to do prototypical things. Sometimes it was access for us and not getting people. But, and, but I always like had this mentality that if you mention them, mm-hmm. sometimes people pe- feel like you cover them or you see them. So that's where like someone like Slick Rick is mentioned in season one. We should have friggin' done Slick Rick. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a fail to me now. But I had arguments with the team and they're just different factors. But um, we mentioned him. He's there. People say him. And sometimes we could go back into like... Uh, one of the sort of things that I tried to do is if you didn't capture that, you try to capture who they influenced, like Snoop mentions them. And, but yeah, I know what you mean. I love Souls of Mischief. They're very important. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. 93 to Infinity is a great yes. album. Maybe one of the best rap songs ever. Yeah. Yeah, that whole, you know, I like the video too. They just go outside, mm-hmm. right? They have a fish eye. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The vibe of that song is pure hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In its purest form. Everything's there. You have an awesome sample. It's a posse cut. Yeah. It's positive, right? It's like they're, they're all still love. young too. Yeah, it's so dope. It's yeah, I love it. You're 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 preaching to the choir. All right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, let me back it up though. Like you could probably go into that hip hop evolution, and that's like one song. Is it as big as some biggie? Like there's just these things you there's so much hip hop out there, right? Yeah, well, and when when you and I talked for season one, yep. you said the pivotal thing for you shooting it and doing the the series was you had to get DJ Cool Herc, right? 
that was the make or break yeah. and that makes sense because he was yeah. the big, he was the big bang yeah. for the whole <laughs> he had right? helped us get other people too by having him an interview with with uh, with herc it opened up doors right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And he doesn't do stuff right and so that was that, yeah. the that was the success of season one was right. getting cool herc on the mm -hmm. record as the show has progressed now like yeah. you said you're going into a four season now yeah yeah, yeah. is there still pivotal people that like huh. you need yeah you, you know it's funny it no i would say no because um, there's really good characters, but no one, it got harder to get people. And you'll see this in season four. It got harder to get, I think something happened when we started to do it five years ago, hip hop was, it was that moment where hip hop was crossing over into like being the biggest genre mm -hmm. and people were taking notice. So you started to get documentaries, whether it was, um, stretch and Bob and, uh, that was cool. And because that was sort of like history, but even individual things like, you know, Master P's doing stuff. There's mm -hmm. the No Limit. I mean, uh, Cash Money have one that was Apple Music. Mm -hmm. um, the 808 documentary. Yeah, there's, there's oh God, there's even, and there's stuff coming, right? Oh, Mass Appeal with Wu, mm -hmm. uh, which I love that documentary on Showtime. And then... Um, Technically, Rick Rubin just did a documentary, yeah, Shangri-La. Yeah, it, so it started to change the landscape, and I think that people understood that. So it was hard. Like, we never got Eminem, right? It, um, and it's just like... I think you'd have to pay them big dollars to get interviews with them. Mm -hmm. The people that we got were like Snoop. I'll take Snoop, for example. Yeah. Snoop's huge, yeah. right? He loved season one. He was just like, I'm in. I mm -hmm. loved it. Thank you. And I actually had a relationship with, with him before, so it helped. But yeah, it sort of changes, you know, and we had to be more creative and try to, not to say that we don't have awesome gets mm -hmm. in season four, but... I think anyways, we would have been deeper and got players that are real players, but it was hard, you know, like I think Lil Wayne's doing a documentary right now. So mm -hmm. I always, I would get really close to people, but you would, yeah, it, it was a bit of a drag to be super transparent. I started to get um, sad about it. It was like harder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the earlier guy, you know what I relate it to is like, if you were going to go out now and do even like 10 years ago, five years ago, do rock and roll, mm -hmm. it would be easier to get new rock and rollers and harder to get the old guys, the yeah. Bruces, the Stones. Yeah. Hip-hop's the opposite. Drake, Kendrick, they don't want to do interviews. They don't need to. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you can't get to them. So in order to tell their story, we don't go that far anyways, but people wanted us to, even the broadcasters, in order to tell their stories, it's hard. They control their narrative, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, it is a drag to me because, you know, it's so funny. I have this sort of thing, like, oh, I'll use Eminem as an example. If I didn't, and Nas, I never, we never got Nas. Mm -hmm. People do not realize we didn't get Nas mm -hmm. sometimes, right? And he, I know why Nas didn't do it, because he owns Mass Appeal. We're like, it was competition. Why would he, I would, I would have done the same thing. Right. But I wanted Nas, and I was hoping, like, oh, God, I hope Nas watches the series. And I think I heard he did. And I wanted to go, man, I should have fucking done that. Right. Because... It's Q-Tips there, Premier's there, uh, uh, Large Professor, all, mm -hmm. everybody who is, like, Large Professor is a big part of his right. career, right? So we did our homework, and we know the story, and you, partly why I got those people is because I know the story, but, you mean, I can't, I had to be super honest, it's really bummer to not get yeah. Nas, because you just love them, right? Yeah. But I also was just like, after the editing was done, I felt, like, pretty good about it, I go, man, I hope he watches this and that's a goal, right? Mm -hmm. So you hopefully you're, or, and also part of the goal is hopefully the viewer doesn't go, oh, they didn't get Nas. Mm -hmm. I never, I heard a few things like about Eminem, you know, why didn't he do it? But it's just, they're big dudes. It's just, they don't need to do it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, got really close to Eminem though. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yeah. But like Nas, for example, like you just said, like he just put out a documentary called Illmatic. Right. Time is omatic. The time yeah. is omatic, mm -hmm. right? So it's again, it's just like that already kind of sucks up the oxygen, I guess, right. in the room. Right, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that came, that was what, that came up right when we were working on Hip Hop Evolution. That took 10 years to do, eh? Mm -hmm. Like, it, actually, those guys were trying to do it. And I think Jane Rosenthal from Tribeca Film, she resurrected it with them. It's a pretty cool story. But, you know, I was at the premiere of that in New York when we were shooting Hip Hop, uh, Hip -Hop Evolution, and me and Rodrigo, my partner, creative partner with Dave Lawton, who is, if you know, D&D Studios, infamous studio, mm -hmm. DJ Premier Studio. Um, and Nas did a lot of Illmatic. So Nas saw Dave, he was just geeked, right? But the, this is the, this is an awesome story. So we're there at the premiere and uh, Saul Guy, 
who's, uh, if you don't know Saul, he managed Cardi back in the day, Canon, real Toronto. Uh, I think he's from uh, West, but mm -hmm. very in integral in Toronto music scene. He got us seats and he sat us right in front of Nas and his brother Jungle. <laughs> so during That's the amazing. screening, it was so entertaining because yeah. they would laugh at the weirdest stuff. Like when their dad was on, they would just start laughing, mm -hmm. right? So it was really cool to experience that That's to, amazing. with those dudes. Yeah, yeah, especially because... I mean, I love Nas, special, yeah. special artist, yeah. So just to recap for anybody who's kind of coming in the middle, like, so Ooh. season one, basically, we just covered the foundation. It's uh, DJ Cool Herc, the block parties, that yep. kind of stuff. And it closed off with gangster rap. God, I have to remember it. You know, it, we didn't know we were doing more seasons, mm -hmm. so it's a little wonky. Yeah. I think that we would have done it differently if we knew we were going to do... Because so the first season was commissioned by HBO Canada and... Uh, uh, Bell Media and mm -hmm. I think Chorus was even involved in it. And then um, seasons two to four are Netflix. They took season one over two, but yeah. we didn't know we were doing more. We would have done it a little differently. Yeah, and then season two, you cover groups from like Two Live Crew uh, to Tribe, Conquest yep. to Nas, who we were just talking about. KRS One. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, season three uh, opens up. I hope this is not a spoiler alert with no, the deaths I mean, of Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if go watch it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the pictures on netflix it pretty much tells you we'd cover big and Pac. Yeah. yeah so tupac is the first episode and yep. biggie's the second episode like so how is the show how do you put the show together like mm -hmm. how like when you know you're gonna get like so you've had q-tip for example and you right. have busta for example um like <laughs> they, they they know each other and they have a history there so it's like if you interview busta and he says something about q-tip do you go back and follow up with q-tip or how do it you sort of i think it worked the other way around with those two i think but no, not. I don't know if it was a. It's it's sort of funny you said that because sometimes it's just you get lucky. And we actually talked to them for a while. Bus arrives so great, so gracious. Tip was sick when we interviewed him that day, but he was good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's tip, Q Tip's funny. He doesn't like to talk about himself, but when you'd ask about Busta or like Dilla, crazy. He's just like so excited. But Busta was and and Busta feels like Q Tip and all the native tongue people are his like um uncles or like they looked after him you know what i mean and he's definitely felt very privileged to be around them and then obviously he's such a great artist you know yeah. busta is underrated to me mm -hmm. um and we don't really feature him he's just part of the story like there you go right like there's a guy who probably deserved his own story beat but mm -hmm. mm, it's just hard right but him talking about native tongues he's that little kid he's a fly on the wall so he's got a really awesome perspective right and they also used his talent obviously with scenarios so and we did oh have my god yeah yeah there you go <laughs> we did have a lot of um you know it was a plan to ask him about certain songs i mm -hmm. guess so that's why it worked out well right i always thought that song was pretty innovative mm -hmm. too um yeah, so, it, no, yeah, it's not really planned. You know, season three, with I'll tell you about Biggie and Tupac, that was the hardest thing we did. Um, we, <laughs> Rodrigo and I at one time ran it by Netflix, getting like, can we just start the season with them dead, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term? No disrespect to the those great pioneers, and it sucks they died so damn young, and mm -hmm. I miss, you know, their art form, and I think they could have contributed so much more, but... That's the reason why we were just like, man, it's such a can of worms. And they've been, that story has been told and it's just. That's it another a, one that has many documentaries. Oh man, it was such a challenge, Sammy. I can't even tell you. Mm -hmm. I got rung over the coals by people in the camps. Not particular. I don't want to put anybody. They were also very helpful too. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it was a yin and yang, but there's an expectation when you go into estates and people who are gone and who are like, literally like Tupac's like Bob Marley, right? Let's like, it's like yeah. that level of icon, right? So mm -hmm. it was hard, but I think that we did it okay job because we talked to the people who were around them. It was like, like I love Un Rivera. He's Big's, one mm -hmm. of his best friends, right? Yeah. So it was a real feeling and, you know, a faith, you know, those kind of people. Little and, Kim. And, yeah, Mo Prem, Shakura's bro. Uh, yeah, Kim, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. like Kim's great. I love Kim. Yeah, uh, she was another one. I was like, when I saw her, like, oh, yo, yes, she yeah. had she had a great run. Special in the, artist, right? Yeah, and yeah. then she kind of tapered off a little bit. But you know, like she's that's the kind of artist. Like I know you mentioned Souls, mm -hmm. and they're great. But there's a few different incarnations of those groups, right? Mm -hmm. 
Kim is an anomaly. She's so yeah. different and new and fresh and she's not MC light. She's mm-hmm. like street and dirty. Like you mm-hmm. did not hear about that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of there. Maybe I'm forgetting artists. Like maybe yo-yo or some of them would say something about their body and, and sex. But Kim yeah. was just a, like she says it big wanted her to be the female biggie. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's, for me, I think you have to look at like what we tried to do is like take what hip hop is now and current and go back or like even the most popular stuff. I don't want to say too current, but and pull back and like it's like a family tree. You see who who Kim made and incarnated. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even Foxy Brown's biting a little for the Kim, yeah. you know, although they sort of had their beef. But, mm-hmm. you know, Megan, you could peel yeah. that onion back at Megan the Stallion. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone knows what Megan the Stallion is, but check her out. She's so great. Mm-hmm. That's Kim. And, you know, like, so that's, a, that's a big part of it. That's evolution, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I found that with the Tupac, you guys did a great job because you, you encompass a lot of the contradictions with Tupac, which is what makes Tupac so right. fascinating. Tried to make it about the music and records. It was, I don't think we could open up a can of worms about the murder trial and all that. Yeah. Stuff. We covered the quad city shooting, but that was about records a little bit. It created the, obviously they got on record. <laughs> Although, Big put out who shot you, but it wasn't really about. He was recorded way before. Yeah, but I know. Then don't put it out, right? Yeah. Like, there's we never said that, but there's you know I remember cutting that going like, okay, I guess you put out a record called Who Shot You <laughs> after your boy got shot, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's yeah, a, a lot of the producers who worked on it sort of tell that story anyways. They're like, was it smart? Maybe not, but. I think at the time, I don't think anyone thought anybody was going to get murdered. And mm-hmm. it was marketing thoughts and record sales and genius. So, I mean, if those guys would have never, if it wouldn't have went over the, the edge. And who knows? I don't try to pretend that I know the inner workings of what happened with those two guys. But obviously, if, if everything was copacetic and they were on the in the world today, maybe those looks like a genius move, right? Like, yeah. It's like... Uh, Sometimes beef can be beneficial to artists and hip hop, right? 50 Cent and Kanye. Yeah, you got it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. 50 and everybody. 50, <laughs> 50 versus yeah. the world. How to rob. <laughs> yeah. Ja Rule. Yeah, the Ja Rule one's pretty tricky. Yeah. Yeah, that one's... There's a doc. Someone should do that shit. That, yeah, that's an ongoing doc, though. That's a yeah. doc series. 50 definitely trolls him, eh? Yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. But that was pretty real. Like, Fat Joe told me during an interview we did with him. We don't cover it a little bit in season four. Um, we cover it. But he told me, like, that was a real thing. Like, you had to watch your back if you were in those crews, right? Yeah. Like, that was real. So, yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Be- got shot. Yeah, yeah. Because here in Toronto, when the East Coast, West Coast was happening, yeah. we understood the gangs and stuff. But I don't know anybody in the gangs, the colors, or anything. You know right. what I mean? So we were kind of removed. So we could listen to Puff and we could listen to, uh, like, Tupac. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You could listen to both. And it wasn't, like, a, an issue here. And, like, especially my high school. I think some, people in New York and L.A. were listening to both, too, dude. Don't, don't I know. Twisted. I don't yeah, think yeah. it was. But No. But I, I think if you're in the – I mean, I don't even know. Like, actually, pretty sure Puff told us that – they were super influenced by the Chronic and all that stuff. They were, they loved it. Like yeah. they loved it. Yeah. The Chronic is just yeah. too huge to ignore. Like you yeah. can't just like New York is only the way to go or whatever. I'm like the Chronic literally like it's just. We tried to tell that story though because there was a real feeling like it was like Tim Dog right mm-hmm. and that uh, fuck Compton. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a real moment. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I remember being like um, reading rap magazines, which you know I, I gotta be honest, I, I have a love and hate thing with rap magazines yeah. and uh but i remember being intrigued by oh shit there's this thing but then like even guys like ice t and cube they're saying oh that was way even before big and Pac. big and Pac is different that's a different beat but the la thing it was real mm-hmm. like exhibit is so good he said they they hated us mm-hmm. they hated our shit right so it was that new york ownership thing right yeah it's it's interesting because like there's two things based on what you're saying one is there's a really cool uh moment um and it's like uh, i guess stock footage or whatever it's um uh, tupac is leaving one of the courtrooms and whatever and there's this whole scrum of reporters yeah. around them yeah. and then uh they're all like got the cameras and they're all microphones and they're asking for comments 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 and he just keeps yelling thug, thug life, life yeah. thug life mm-hmm. and like then the guy goes what does that mean yeah, yeah <laughs> the one white reporter right yeah, yeah. and i understand that too. reporter followed him around a lot if you go and look at um 
archival. It's probably on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can, that same dude who's, what did that mean? He's playing with Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and I understand too, it's the beginning of all the connotations of Thug Live yep. and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so people didn't fully know what that meant. Right. But at the same time too, like you said with the rap magazines, there was also like a lot of the mainstream media too was either kind of racist or didn't get it right. or yeah it's hard to hard I, to I put know. your head around though right like to their defense but mm-hmm. then you know a lot we go into this a little bit but we didn't actually we could have opened up this can of worm more because there is material in the footage that i think dj quick mentioned it in our documentary but and snoop too snoop actually went pretty full on about it but i thought it was maybe a bit overkill but that the the rap rags, like your vibes and your source, they were pretty much, you know, selling rec- uh, selling magazines on the beef. Mm-hmm. They, perp- you know, they purposely promoted it. And it didn't, you know, I feel like some of the people feel, you know, we even interview people in the series who wrote about it. And I think they feel like, man, I wish I would have done this a little differently, you know. So, yeah, there is a bit. So if you go back, you can, yeah, look at the covers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're making so much money the source it, awards right? yeah yeah there you go the source awards the infamous source awards yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's funny it's it wasn't fun i guess eh? you like like snoop's pretty fired up at those source awards <laughs> yeah. right yeah like I don't, it seems like a different guy yeah right it almost yeah. seems like he's harder back then oh yeah 100%. now he's he got a murder trial at one point right? yeah that's yeah. right yeah so yeah and it's not he's you know got a show with martha stewart now yeah it, it, this, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing too of the whole evolution too because it's mm-hmm. like do you feel that the money changed things because like again when we go to season one it's just like block parties and everybody's having yeah, a good time no money yeah and then by the time we get to the end of season two into season three people are starting to get shot now and yeah. not just like tupac and biggie but like fans well, i mean some people would say i mean i don't know what my perspective is on it but I think it's multifaceted, but the gangster rap changed stuff. Yeah, that was a big thing, you know. The funny thing about NWA is that all those guys were gangsters. So, mm-hmm. But obviously Snoop's from Long Beach and had uh, people in his world who were in that. MC8 is definitely grew up. and So there is that real connotation. I think that that's a big thing when you started to get, like, I think the way it was, and I, it, you know, it'd be really good to get one of the old school guys to talk about this, but they get really, it, it, it frustrates the hell out of them. I think about Melly Mel, he's communicated this to me before, that they were pretty much in the same worlds. They had gangbangers, drug dealers around them, or they were former in that world. But I think that it took a turn when you started to get your NWAs and that early gangster rap. And even in New York, Eric B and Rakim, there's just some elements of what they were talking about that started to get into the art form where it was party rock and like you said, block parties and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're all from the same world. It's, it's hoods, you know, like tough New York streets, tough LA streets, manicured streets, mind you, but they're tough. You know, it's a different, men- like MC8 saying, you know, I couldn't even go to the gas station when I'm a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So it's your life. But it was different, I think, earlier on because if you're Curtis Blow, you grew Curtis Blow, like his life was tough. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you that. But his escape was to not communicate it. It was to to dance and mm-hmm. you know, but that was just a mentality. Whereas you started to get realism and it started to I think it happens a lot in music in general. You start to different vibes. It's like you're sunny for a reason, but then I wanna be real. You know what I mean? Like like remember Kurt Cobain coming and just like you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. Britney who, you know, like it was a, I worked at much music when all those boy bands were out and to have Nirvana come around was just like, oh man. It's the polar opposite of that yeah. too, right? Yeah, like, so great feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm being a bit all over the place, but I, I, I think it's just, I think what I'm trying to say is like, just because Biggie, just because Ice Cube or Pac rapped about gangsterism and drug dealing and stuff like that, doesn't mean that bombing and new beginning and all these guys like uh melly mel the furious five or even special ed or you know <laughs> even souls mm-hmm. didn't come from those same worlds it's mm-hmm. just what you want to you know communicate i guess is a way right yeah yeah and part of it too is just the the hustle like uh yeah. many years ago i was in kenya and uh, they were all excited because I'm from America. They didn't know what Canada <laughs> was, right? So I just stopped correcting them after. But you, so they're, you're from America. And some of them would be like, oh, 50 cent, 50 cent. Yeah. They knew 50 cent. 
but they bought into the whole myth that he was like this drug dealer and like you know what I mean but yeah. after a certain point 50's making like you're not living in the hood no, he's an entrepreneur right yeah. and like Ice-T is doing 6 in the morning but after a certain point <laughs> you're like living in Beverly Hills somewhere you're not like the funny thing about those guys though they're still connected to those worlds right like as I hear it from other people and I see it you know there's still an element to them that are connected to those worlds but yeah it's not their persona I mean mm-hmm. 50 bought Mike Tyson's mansion in like Connecticut so, yeah, yeah I, I've been to uh, Ice T's house is great. It's a nice <laughs> big apartment with Coco, you know. Yeah, like, well, they got six dogs. In, yeah. yeah, six in the morning was a big hit. Right, like, right. I'm like, yeah, 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 you're not true. starving. He's also doing CSI every <laughs> right. day, right? Yeah, yeah. So you are a parent, though. Are you? Mm. Uh, when you look at hip hop, especially the way that you've kind of structured it in the the different seasons, right? Season one is kind of like the birth, yep. starting to learn how to walk. <laughs> Like, we were just talking about gangster rap. That's kind of more now this rebellious kind of spirit, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of teenager slamming the doors and, like, you know what I mean? Uh, now we're getting to, like, a little bit more sophisticated adult kind of Jay-Z. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, Pop yeah. Daddy cleaning up a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jiggy era. Jiggy era, yeah. yeah. So are you surprised at how, uh, when you talk about, like, the gangster area and stuff, yeah. especially as, like, a parent, like, would you, have you surprised at the evolution of hip-hop or is this what you always expected it to kind of go? No, I'm surprised. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, di- yeah. I don't even know if it's hip hop anymore. Sometimes there's like Prince of Gangstar released a record today. Shout out to DJ Premier. Thank mm-hmm. God. And I was listening to that. And I was just like so happy today. I listened to it all morning and I was doing work. But it's funny. Like, I feel like there's like the R&B typey hip hop stuff now and trap. I'm not quite sure if it's in the same vein, but there's still guys out now who are in. I don't know. I feel like they could have been from the older era. But they also are have advanced it in a way, right? Like Kendrick. Kendrick mm-hmm. to me is an amazing artist. He's one of the best artists in music. Mm-hmm. So, and then J. Cole, I put him on there. And I try, oh, Drake. I put Drake on there. Drake can do it anything. Mm-hmm. So he can sing a hook, but he can come and be a beast with Eminem. And yeah, I actually even like, like the ASAP crew, like Rocky mm-hmm. and uh, Ferg. So it's, I think if I was to think what it would have been, it would have been that is the hip hop but now to see where it's broadened and that you have like futuristic sounds and you're You're talking like some of the kanye stuff for example yeah or um i was even thinking more like the trap stuff like uh, migos or uh, you know your futures Mm -hmm. or um that world i'm surprised of that a little bit but then i guess if you start to go back and look at where like outcast was definitely lyricism but they had some weird elements, right? That and Kanye obviously, eight oh eight heartbreak influenced all those those mm-hmm. those guys, right? So, um, yeah, I am surprised at that element of it. I never saw it going to that world. I don't know if you want like I don't want to say it's trap per se. I know everybody calls it trap, but like futuristic sounding, almost singy rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I just thought there would be like a law where you just broke it off. Like, no, that can't be rap hip hop. But it's been put in that world, right? So. Yeah, so I I have to say that part of it surprises me, that evolutionary part where you could, you know, but I think like guys like Drake toe the line, you know, they're in both all those worlds, which is brilliant. And I mean, you kind of underscore this in season three with Puff Daddy because he kind of put those R&B elements a little bit into it, right? Who else too is, oh man, this guy is to me is, is Lil Wayne. He's not in, he's in season four, but like that guy to me is set up so much of that stuff, like the Migos and I mean, Wayne had super great bars, but he also had the ability to to weird it out and mm-hmm. do strange, take you to a world you never knew. And and I even think like um, early Cash Money, the 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 beats are so weird with me. I loved them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like a rarity. I remember being at much and not, people hating it, but I just really loved it always so mm-hmm. much. I just liked the simplicity of it. But it's like, uh, and we tell that story in season four about where those. Manny Fresh is such an influential part of hip hop. Like, I feel like there's just those guys that you, it is true. You start to go like, oh, but even back then people were bad at hip hop. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, as there is this real argument now, is it hip hop? Migos? Like every, there is, I feel like it's the problem. What for me, what happens is originality. So if you're not original and that's the case now, you could go out. Like I know my sons, I, like I told you, I have a 14 or 12. They have a lot of patience for repetitive stuff. But I'm like, isn't this future? No, this is uh, somebody else. I'm just like, wow, it sounds exactly like future. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, But it's always that happens when something's so big, you get that spill off. But 
I just hope it runs on its course and then there's another rethink. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Hip hop has always been that way though too, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's what's so cool about the show is because you guys, you have these distinct personalities. Like Snoop is a giant personality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Boy is a distinct personality. You have yeah. Killer Mike in season three, right? right? right. Like yeah, yeah. a well thought out, like distinct personality. And then the music, Run the Jewels, is all like yeah. really like big and like that's that to me is what's kind of missing because like even mm. when you had the old school stuff if you were kind of in a priority vibe or whatever you put on some dela or some yeah. uh, like tribe called quest mm. uh if you wanted something political and harder you put on some public you're yeah, right right yeah yeah and so you had it's i like not those as diverse maybe yeah that's a yeah. good point actually yeah maybe that's the point i'm trying to make in a roundabout way yeah yeah so you're obviously geeking out and then yeah. your host shad is uh for those that don't know he's also a really prominent rapper right he probably actually raps better than most people speak <laughs> <laughs> um and so what is it like for him like off camera or like when mm. you're setting up these meetings and like like we said you're you're hanging out with snoop dogg and Puff yeah, and yeah. like he's pretty you're excited hanging out. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean he, he's got a lot of pressure on him to to be ready and and not front you know i even think since we did season one there was expectations from people when we interviewed them right so he's got to come correct but i never really i always I've, I've been saying this in interviews a little bit that he never he only got nervous twice that i saw no he wasn't really nervous once was q-tip he got nervous i could tell he's like sweaty but it's like that's his hero like he was just yeah like, q-tip was a giant yeah you're the reason i do this right so um but no other than that he's pretty ready and prepared but excited i agree like i remember saying oh we're going to do snoop you know it's uh, awesome right yeah it's funny snoop's smoking a big blunt in that interview mm -hmm. and i think people thought shad smoked with them oh, and yeah. they're like shad doesn't smoke yeah you, get it? you know this guy yeah so um it was pretty funny but you know snoop was actually interesting because he um he was pretty serious because and i told him what we we're going to talk about and it was a he was he, it was a different snoop i really enjoyed that was really fun i know shad enjoyed that interview but yeah i would say a good term for that is probably geeked he would be geeked out but mm -hmm. ready you got to be ready you know yeah yeah we were always research is it, it, really important to what we do and um and so being prepared is always and if he was you know he's not gonna re he has a really good memory he got really i wonder if that's part of his experience at cbc and q was that he He's already really good in remembering questions, so like he would remember it. But I would sometimes have to follow up. So we were always ready um, mm -hmm. and wanted to make sure that we're not wasting the interviewer's time by yeah boring them with typical questions, mm -hmm. but being um, able to follow up if they went somewhere. And we, we were, oh, we know this, you know. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. And then like just to kind of go back to what I was asking you before, yeah. how it was working like – you were able to kind of trust the recollections and stuff. Cause I mean, this is a culture that's steeped in weed and like right. nobody knew that this was like the chronic was going to blow up or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like you're asking them to kind of look back and they right. were able to have these recollections and these memories and stuff. Or like, did you find you have to do a lot of fact checking or like they were no, a little they off? Were, yeah. There was revelations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. You think the weed thing would, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know, it's funny. I remember grandmaster Kaz smoking the biggest joint. And then the guy just go. He gave us such gold. This is season <laughs> one, right? And I was a bit like, "Oh God, I hope he doesn't get high." Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, "Oh, it's hip hop." There was a couple. I gotta be honest. There was a couple of interviews where I would have preferred they didn't smoke mm -hmm. because they seem way more. Un like, can you mind if I smoke in the middle of the interview? And you're just like, "Oh, that just ruined the whole interview." Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna sell anybody out. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And you touched upon this already, but I just want to gonna uh, elaborate a little bit. The documentary series, for the most part, focuses exclusively on the music. Yep. But as we just talked about, like, there's a whole weed culture. Yeah, sure. Um, Allen Iverson and the NBA kind of came <laughs> in, and that was what you're talking about before with Detroit. Like, yeah. that kind of really brought the hip-hop into the NBA and vice versa. Yeah, yeah um, and sneaker culture that all... See, that's funny. That's the funny thing about... I mean, obviously, hip-hop is... To be honest, I probably said this in the first interview I did with you because I do this all the time, but it probably should have been called rap evolution, right? Because hip hop is knowledge, you know, mm. you have graffiti that is the origins of the shit. Yeah. And then the B-boys, you were the rock steadies and all those, you know, mm -hmm. early New York crews and obviously incorporating a ton of Latin kids in that and then uh, DJing. So it's like, and the rhyme part is just part of that five elements and We've forgotten about that. It's gone a little bit, right? Like, I don't know. If I said to my, my kids, I've educated them a little bit, but, you know, most kids, what's hip-hop? Oh, that's rapping, you know. But, but mm. if you really know the culture, it's way deeper, right? So there, 
Especially the original New York City stuff, right? That's right, the OG stuff. But yeah. now you could go and go like, oh, sneakers are part of this too, because it's not for everybody, but I'm guarantee you probably like 95% of hip hop yeah. heads are in shoes, right? Or um, basketball, basketball kind of yeah. snuck in. Like and I it's said, guys like um, it's guys like Stretch and Bob, Bobito, yeah. Garcia. Those right? they were the ones who, or you're like um, your local New, even Rucker Park, Kaz, like all those people. Oh yeah, who wear dressed a certain way, right? They're the ones who appropriated and made it the culture what it's become, right? Mm-hmm. So it's funny. It's like a, to me, it's great in a lot of ways, but it's also tough because once you start to bring in materialistic things like sneakers and it starts to get monetized. And I mean, obviously there's been benefits for people who are hip hop head. Like Diddy is, Mm -hmm. was it, is Jay not the first billionaire Jay Z, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I see, you know, cool Herc rolls up and we interview him. He's just like in a shitty Honda and you're like, dude, what the Mm -hmm. fuck you did this? Like send the boy a check, somebody, you know, I always had this, I did have this concept once called paying hip hop. This before I did Hip Hop Evolution, and I was like gonna try to get someone. I was thinking about Nas. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember when I worked at Much Music, I was saying this to other people: like, paying hip hop. We go and we get like Nas. We give him a whole bunch of money or get some of his money. And he goes back and he because I had read that Cool Herc was a FedEx delivery man. And I was just like, this is an abomination. Mm-hmm. And then I I I was just like, they go back and like get their we tell their story, but then you're like, here's your pension check. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, in sports they have that shit. So. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's music. It's you could if you're gonna do that, you could probably do it with rock and roll and the blues. And yeah, it's it's tough. It's like whenever something gets hot, someone's gonna be able to make. You money see out it a it. lot in the series because it'll yeah. be like you'll interview somebody like a DJ Cool Herc or um, somebody smaller. Yeah. Because sometimes you're in their apartment or something like that, yeah, and yeah. it's not quite as yeah, nice. Yeah, puppies like opulence, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then especially too, once we get into that era, like yeah. once we kind of get into puff and stuff. You interviewed Dame Dash as yeah, well, yeah. right? Like, then it's just all Love money Dame. all the time, almost. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z right? was definitely wearing that too early on. That was their image too, Biggs and um, Biggs Burke and Dame mm-hmm. and Rockefeller, where it's called Rockefeller. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that it's always part of the culture, but it is really great to see that they are getting paid for it because you know who knows? It could have just been been bad deals down the day. You know, I yeah. I love to see. You know, I get to know people too, and I'd love to see De La Soul own all their records and make money off mm-hmm. it because it's their art, you know. So I don't have any hate towards too much of that stuff because I yeah. do. But it's tough to watch, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, Cool Herc Roll, you're just like, man. I know. Yeah, it's hard, you know. But yeah, sometimes I have to say it's on the individual though. Mm-hmm. Flash has done a really good job. Flash is not hurting, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's on the individual sometimes to make their legacy known. I hope that we helped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw some, this is not the similar culture, but we saw saw it was like Stan Lee. Right. right? And he would always come. Someone else brought that example up to me before Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's out there and promoting, he's obviously promoting Marvel comics and getting people to read comics. So it's, it's a holistic thing too. Yeah. Cause he's pointing people to the medium. But his legacy now is like everyone's like Stanley created Spider Man. Well, he also had like you know Steve Ditko. Yeah, and he had Jack Kirby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You start to go, oh, well, Stanley took a lot of credit, didn't he? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it's like this thing where like I'm just gonna create Spider Man and Fantastic Four, and you don't realize that these are now like billion dollar properties, right? They're just like I just put them out in comics and then whatever. Yeah. Ha- you no, know what I mean? It is funny. There are are I mean I don't want to get into hip hop, but. Someone could probably do like that same. You could do that in a lot of different things. Like there's ghost producers, ghost mm-hmm. writers. You're just like. Still DRE was Jay-Z, right? Yeah. Uh, did he write? Yeah. Did he? Who's on that song? That was uh, that was Snoop Dogg and uh, Dre. But I think it was Jay-Z that wrote, wrote the lyrics. The, yeah. He wrote The Watcher. I know mm-hmm. that for. Yeah. And I think M wrote. What's What song's M on in, on the chronic? Oh. 2000 and, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about Dre. Uh, yeah. M wrote Dre's mm-hmm. verse for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's smart, Dre. That's genius to me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, Jay-Z's in here. Or, hey, Jake, can you come over and help me with my lyrics? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, can I think of a better person to help with lyrics, right? <laughs> it's weird because Dre, he was all, he's in a lot of videos and a lot of albums or, yeah. and a lot of songs and stuff. But he never was really that same kind of puff personality, right? So right. He, you, yeah. he's kind of just sprinkles a little bit on the... Uh... I think that he's really smart. Obviously, he's done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a DJ, mm-hmm. a producer, so it's different, right? But 
Yeah. Puff is like a personality. He's like the Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Puff obviously is really good producer. He's underrated producer too. But yeah, the more that you learn about him, you know that he definitely was involved. I think that people undersell him mm-hmm. to me personally. I think I know that it's easy because he's so big and second, the what's it called? Life After Death. And he's on every track and you're just like, oh God, mm-hmm. enough already with mm-hmm. Puffy. But that's what his legacy for a while there was that. But man... I start to talk to producers. We talked to all the hitmen. Obviously, saw that we profile them pretty well, and they're they give them props, man. Like they're like he was driving us, and he had great notes. It's like Quincy Jones mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the the whole musical genius part of it, or like compose. He's a composer, but mm-hmm. do everything, but giving you notes, certain things, you know. Like I think it's that's what sends things another level. Yeah, I, I would never take anything away from Puff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing, one of the, one of the things I love about the series, mm. you would play, like, the opening notes of a song, like, Mace Feels So Good, or ah, whatever, yeah, you're right? Yeah, so good. Uh, um, yeah. Nothing But a G Thing or something, and you hear those opening notes, and you're like, yeah, yes. right? Yeah, it gets and, excited, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's just, like, one of the best, like, forget all the personalities, forget everything, just those opening yeah. notes. So, I mean, I'm all about the record, so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, most definitely. And that's one of the things, go back, what we're talking about, yeah. for the elements of, like, b-boy culture and hip-hop culture, one of the things that's interesting is you emphasize the lyrics. There are times where you splash lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We started, we didn't do that in the first season, but mm-hmm. yeah, wish I would have. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's, why did you choose to emphasize lyrics then when like a lot of hip hop is like we're saying, like a lot of that Only beat. when you had to make a point. So if there was Nas and it's just like someone's talking about his lyrics or um, Jay, only when you had to point out stuff. Mm-hmm. That was the only time we did it. Yeah. There was times that editors wanted to do it all the time. And I was like, no, this mm-hmm. is not working. Why are we doing this? Like, you just can't put, uh, you like this part of the song. So <laughs> no offense to my amazing editors, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we would pull back. But no, it was for me, it was a tool to emphasize a point of what they were saying lyrically that was innovative, right? Yeah, always. And as you said, season three is out now on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. All three seasons are out on Netflix. And season four is shot it's, or is being it's shot? It's bro. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when it's going to drop? I think it's going to be early next year, so 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not 100% on that, but it's around there, yeah. I, I was actually... I think told not to say anything, but I'm, it's done. So I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Cause I mean, I've seen images on your Instagram of people like Jay-Z, you have a photo of you and Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. That was for another project uh, I was working on. So that's not hip hop evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, hopefully that'll see the light. Yeah. That's about D and D studios. So mm-hmm. we shot the last two weeks of D and D closing. If no one knows what D and D studios is, Google it because, oh no, you know what you do? If you know Discogs, just put in D&D and you'll look at all the records made there. It's like, it's owned by Dave Lotwin and Doug Grama and they took their sort of bar mitzvah money and opened this thing in 84 and struggled and fought and tried to stay open. It was really cool. They built it like to spec of their music heads and they would, you were musicians and, um, some of the early records are there were Groove is in the Heart was done there. Um, and Two in a Room, you know that, um, Wiggle It? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They struggled. And then one day, I think Premier and Guru from Gangstar got kicked out of Calliope, which was down the street. I might be getting the story a little bit wonky, but... And they went to D&D. Lord Finesse told them to go there. And Prem went in the B room and never left. He basically took it over. And uh, Jay loved it so much in there. He rented the whole place out and did Reasonable Doubt. But it was like super sketchy. Is right in Hell's Kitchen, so there's a methadone clinic across the street. Like people get robbed, crackheads coming in. Oh, just a nutty time, right? Big did a bunch of early stuff with Preem. He would not even go in there without security. So you know about <laughs> it, yeah. So and then uh, obviously Premiere and did all that stuff. Every Premiere record that was from probably like Daily Operation up until this current one and a few recently he left i think it's three years he's been gone now we filmed it but three years ago yeah everything premiere if your premiere fan is done up in there and then there's just human stories it's like that um it's a real parallel to what 90s hip-hop was and the the curve of hip-hop but you know guru passes big pun was a big part of that all the ditc guys were from up in there too Mm -hmm. by the way fat joe and everybody and uh one of Premier's best friends headquarters is murdered. There's just really human aspects to it. And it's also this like really great 
marriage of a New York Jewish person and hip hop, which is usually black kids. Mm -hmm. That's a story to me that is untold, but so prominent, right? Yeah. Like there's this sort of funny, like, uh, what's the name? Lawyer Cohen? Yeah. Or, Lawyer Cohen. Well, Rick Rubin too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I dude, I could go on and on. Um, there's so much connections in those two worlds, which is really funny. So, and premier is like brothers with, with Dave and Doug. They're like, literally like brothers mm -hmm. so it's really these two different worlds coming together so we, yeah we filmed it we got distracted doing hip-hop evolution i'm trying to get it back in in order uh, but i did interview Na uh, jay uh z and preem filmed with Nas in D, D. um it's got to be done yeah you know who start i was i sort of got going on it uh, russell peter is a comic introduced me to dave lotwin so and then i went and pitched it to premiere but it's been really long in the tooth. This is the perils of filmmaking. You're, so we're trying to re-engage everybody, and that includes Preem, who's mm -hmm. got a record, and I think they're even talking about doing a gangstar film. So we're, I hope that we can get it going again because we got some really awesome stuff. We interviewed like uh, Mr. Cheeks from Lost Boys, uh, J. Rue the Damager, uh, Freddie Fox. Like, you guys all grew up in this place, right? It was a real home for these dudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too. They had a. They had a vending machine that had blunt papers. In. Like, it was just a crazy place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. So when you go to, like, season two... Uh, Can I say something? If yeah. anybody's listening and wants to pay for that film, hit me up. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of, like, season two and season three, you're going to all these different areas, primarily New York City and L.A. You go a little bit into the Bay, uh, some of Atlanta yeah, in season Miami three. Miami in season two. And Houston we do, yeah. What is it? What have you learned about like some of the like you just said mm. like the the studios in this really sketch neighborhood? What have you yeah. learned about like scenes and where like these kind of like mm. what is it the elements that seem to kind of where something happens where there's a CBGBs or something? Right, right, right. What yeah. is it like? Have you seen or is there any commonalities between? Yeah, them? I mean, Atlanta had places where hip hop popped off. We sort of talk about it, but a couple clubs that were early on there. But yeah, for me, I mean, in season two, we do the Latin Quarter, and that was a real place for in New York and Manhattan for hip hop to get incubated because you had, it was the only club where you could be from Brooklyn, Queens or the Bronx. You could all go in because it was in downtown Manhattan. Didn't mean that they didn't get into shit with each other, but mm -hmm. there was a comfort level there too. Right. And then in Atlanta, I really love this. It's like a shitty house. And you know, if you go back and watch the episode, I mean, people get mad at me because they, they said you should have keyed it, but we do a whole story beat about the dungeon family and outcast origins. And it happens in Rico Wade's basement in this place. They called the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And it's this crappy little house. Shad walks by it in the, in his intro, mm -hmm. but we don't really point it out. You see pictures of it later in some archive, but that's a, it's just funny how these like Eureka places, it's like D and D right. Where magic happens. Mm -hmm. It's that connection of things that, yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing too, is these places are, going away like that's what's yeah. one of the themes that's one of the sadder themes of yeah. the, your doc series yeah, yeah is like we're losing these places yeah, where yeah, like yeah. uh the well, place D &D, in detroit and like, yeah D, D we should have fought and made them like now it's all gentrified like hell's kitchen is just hotels right mm -hmm. so premier got kicked out he ended up buying the studio from dave and doug I think it's called Clinton's now too, isn't it? The name of it? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I think they even know. stopped calling it Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, what? Come oh, on. really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I like Hell's Kitchen. It yeah, seems I know. to fit, right? But maybe not anymore. Maybe you're right. Uh, but yeah, that I, I think there. I don't know. Maybe there's just a move that needs to be done within the communities to keep these places alive. I actually think Big Boy bought the Dungeon House. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I think he might have bought it. So like, do museums? You know, like I got it. I was talking to Jay Dilla's mom and, and, and her partner, and they were saying that they still had the house that he was worked out of. And I'm like, keep it. Don't mm -hmm. ever get rid of it. And um, Graceland, that thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, some people want to go to, I like I experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, D&D is a bummer because it was really cool in there. And Preem said he never washed the floors in the B room. So it's just like everybody had walked in here, you know? And yeah, he, he used to said he said by the end of that three, four years, he would just get like ding on the doorbell and people would be from Japan and being like, we just want to check it out from Germany. Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, there's a hip hop is so global now, but it is true. These haunts are look at Toronto, right? We're losing. Look at Winnipeg, mm -hmm. Vancouver. These clubs are and studios are dying. You know, this is really hard. It's just hard for people to keep them alive and open. But I mean, it's up to people like who are curators and historians to fight 
and find a way to keep these places and actually show your, I don't know, your municipal or people who are involved in these historical foundations that these are important places. Yeah. For D&D, I wish I would have been more progressive in that time. And I think everybody does now. We're in hindsight to be mm -hmm. like Nas said to Preem in the interview in the one in the B rooms. He's like, you should take every little bit of the studio and rebuild it in the Smithsonian. And I was like, yeah, man, like there's so much the booth bigs in there doing kick in the door. Right. So it's just and there's like other crazy shit that happens in that place, too. Right. But it's like the hip hop Abbey Road, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I tell people, actually. <laughs> it's the hip hop. Abbey. When they're like, what is it like relative to you know, Abbey Road? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's the same. I mean, if you look at where music is now, it's the same people. Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Who's bigger than Jay-Z? Yeah. In rap. Right. Yeah. He did the whole record up in there. Yeah. He was so great. And in his interview, too, he was just like. You know, like someone like when they talk about something with such affinity for because it's really the first major studio he's, he went into because he actually was in there before Reason Without. He's with, with a guy called Jazz O mm -hmm. and uh, Jazz worked out of there. And uh, Jay, that was he's like, that's where I got my everything that I learned on how to work in a studio is from that place. Right. So, yeah, they're important. Yeah, I'm going long, but I, I, you, you did get me on a thing I'm passionate about. Right? Yeah, I could yeah. tell. I could yeah, tell. Yeah. But as we wrap up, though, let's yeah. let's stick with the passion. And as you've now done three, and as you said, you shot four <laughs> seasons. Yeah. Has working with the different artists and meeting these people has it kind of rekindled uh, your love for a certain song or for an album <laughs> or like or many uh, actually. Uh, you know, if I had to pick from the whole series, what would have been rekindled that I really forgot that I loved? Oh man. I'm sure the people that I work with might have different answers because I've been known to kill shit if I'm back on it. But um, <laughs> hmm. yeah, for me, I'm sort of, I think the one thing about coming from where I came from is that in Detroit, they had like a, since there wasn't this huge hip hop scene and Toronto was attracted to New York, there was like a conduit there. So a lot of that happened here, but I used to buy two short ghetto boys. And, and I think that even my friends, now from Toronto diss that stuff sometimes that are my age, but see Russell Peters. Um, but uh, <laughs> the ghetto boys, I forgot how awesome their first two records were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just incredible. Yeah. Like Scarface and Willie D and then you had like a little guy and Bushwick was, you know, yeah, just insane. Just the idea of that group too is just so weird. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they were so uniquely different that from each other, but they had harmonies and they had a super gangster manager. It's and, hard to be a gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, Jay Prince. Happy birthday, Jay Prince. I think it's his birthday today. Um, and uh, yeah, that would be one. And then also, I forgot how awesome the beats were. Two Live Crew it was so good. Yeah. Two Live Crew, actually, when you... After I watched the second yeah. season, I went back and actually sat down and listened because yeah, I play that around your mom. No, 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 yeah. no. But it, <laughs> because we grew up around that time, yes. we're about the same yeah. age, and so yeah, we grew yeah. up at that time when it was just so controversial, like uh, cop killer from uh, Ice T. And I so see, yeah, yeah. you don't get to hear like the actual music; you just get pretty all the noise. Vile. Yeah, <laughs> the lyrics are pretty vile. They were horrible. They were, you know, it's funny. Rodrigo and I always talk about this. I was like, man, I remember the girls in my school were really into it, and he's like, yeah, me too. My girlfriend, like, which is his wife, that was like her favorite stuff. And I'm just like, it's just so vile right but there's an element of sun and fun and like luke actually says it in our interview it's like it was miami you know it's like it's the times mm -hmm. you know obviously luke is pushing buttons at mm -hmm. the time too but uh, but yeah the beats though too are so that's what i was cool, saying and right? when i yeah, when yeah. i sat down and actually listened to yeah like, mr mick shout out to mr mick yeah, yeah when i actually sat down listened to the two live crew i'm like whoa this is really good production yeah, like man. we used to warm up to it in high school basketball until my coach like someone tipped him off he was so old he didn't even know what the lyrics he couldn't even compute yeah. them and one of the other teachers came to our practice and was just like what are they listening to <laughs> you know and he's like no more two live crew yeah. we're like ah man it was so much awesome to do layups to two live crew because <laughs> yeah. it's so energetic right mm -hmm. yeah. funny yeah and so like we said the first three seasons are all on yep. netflix and we opened uh with the uh, celebrating toronto's championship and uh <laughs> congratulations to you because you also have won now an emmy and a peabody yeah for i can this. tell you my isaiah story because yeah. it has related to that's cool full circle. Yeah, yeah thanks i mean i'm proud of both those things the peabody congratulations was, though yeah, man thanks, that's man. crazy yeah, eh? yeah, yeah 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 we worked hard so i don't i mean it's great the peabody was a super surprise because they we didn't even submit to it they submitted there was a guy who saw the series and he worked 
uh, he's on the Peabody Foundation and submitted us. So that was a real surprise. Whoa. Uh, but Classy. The, yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That was really awesome, actually. Yeah. Um, the Emmy, this is a pretty funny story. So my boss, Scott, at the time, and myself, and Rodrigo, and Sam, who is also a founder of, Sam Dunn, founder of Banger with mm-hmm. Scott. The production um, company. Yeah, yeah. We were all at the Emmys, and we were sitting at a table, and Scott and I had downed, we got there, we were a bit nervous, we downed like a Bex, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta pee so bad. Mm-hmm. And so Sam was like, hurry up, like, we're next, right? And so we ran to the washroom, and I see Isaiah Thomas is washing his hands, and I that's my favorite player of all time. I just love him, right? Mm-hmm. I know Zeke has a reputation, a weird reputation in Toronto, but as a Pistons fan, it's just good. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I, 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 was, I couldn't stop myself. I'm like, Zeke, as I'm washing my hands beside him. Oh, he went with Zeke too, Yeah, right? yeah I love it. Zeke's peak. I mean, I, dude, I'm, that's my team. I love yeah. the Pistons. Joe yeah. D. And yeah, you know, I can't even tell you. I, 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 I can't even tell you how much. Like, that's my favorite sports team, the bad boys of all, mm-hmm. time, of all time. And uh, I said, Zeke, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm voting on, I'm on one of the juries on one of the categories. I actually got to go back and stuff next. I'm like, oh yeah, what category? And he said, documentary series. And I'm like, that's us. We're, we're in that. Oh, what did you do? And I said, hip hop evolution. And he literally smiled. Like, <laughs> you know, his smile. Yeah, right? yeah. And then my boss goes, did we win? And then he's like, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> and then he totally gave it away. <laughs> and then he was like, he gra- so then we walked out and he grabbed me. And he put his arm around me really tight. And he said, listen, man, those guys, those are my friends. Thank you so much on Duke. He goes, you did that? He said that to me like three times, too. <laughs> you did that? You know, because I'm a big, tall, dorky white guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I love hip hop. I've been, you know, into it since the beginnings. You know, I just, it's, I love it. And he was like, just so grateful. And I was like, I was so geeked. And then we went back and sat down and Scott, Rod- Sam and Rodrigo were looking at us like, what is wrong with these guys? And then we won. And I actually thanked Isaiah in my speech, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little off the wall. But uh, but yeah, it was really cool. It was like of all the people to sort of like be there. And for me, I told Chad, he was just like, dude, that's like, how did that happen? It's mm-hmm. like your favorite athlete. <laughs> yeah, in I'm like, I know, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was just as much as good as winning the winning the award was getting. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, your favorite. Who's your favorite athlete? I'm a Jordan guy. Yeah. So uh, imagine that Michael yeah. Jordan going, "Hey yo, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in the jury, but I voted." Yeah, and he was he was really genuinely like happy that he had, we'd done it. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. I this is a tangent, but I've seen some of the Jordan uh, Bulls and uh, Detroit games in Palace at Auburn. Oh Hills. yeah, me too, dude. Yeah. And yeah. those battles are jo- right, like yeah. Joe D on him and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like those Jordan were, rules, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things were like. Did you drive down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because this was just right before the Raptors kind of had right, like yeah. uh, the I second time. I did turn my once Canada got a team, I went to the Raptors. But mm-hmm. man, the Pistons are always my in my heart for sure because they, I, yeah, being able to wa- I used to go to the University of Windsor and watch practices, and yeah, that's such a great team. They're so mm-hmm. fun. Chuck Daly, mm-hmm. yeah, the Worm, <laughs> right? Yeah, I had some Worm interactions back then. On the we go down by the court. He's such a funny dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. So where can people find you online to talk about yeah. basketball or ah, man, I would say rap uh, music or? a good thing. I like Instagram. So I am at I am Darby D A R B Y. And I think I'm on Twitter for now. I don't know if I'm going to get off. The, you like Twitter? No, I, I use it as a necessary evil just for this to promote. Sort of. Yeah, that's what's up. Right. Yeah. But I'm um, like, if it was my choice, I just would just do these interviews and then go home and take a nap. Do you think that they when you go on your feed, mm-hmm. do they purposely put the same people, even though I follow a gazillion people? Yeah, and I think sometimes, too, they will also, like, if you have a disagreement with somebody, like, if I didn't like the Pistons or something, oh, right. and then they're like, okay, this, these guys have beef, East Coast, West Coast they, beef. They put it back up on your feet. Yeah, more? so oh. they'll, they'll, I think they'll, like, sometimes they, the algorithm recognizes, because that, that yeah, keeps I you Yeah, I see, on. like, six people. I'm annoyed by it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like, then the argument that we have will continue, will stay on the site longer, right? Yeah. Uh, this team was better than the Pistons. What, what's wrong with you? I used to get a lot of people getting mad at me when I produced George Strombolopoulos' radio show. And it usually be his trolls. <laughs> what were they? They just well, mad about One time, this one person said, screw you and your Asian wife. You have an Asian fetish. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you want? So I, my reply back was, um, 
want to have a coffee and talk about this? That they never replied. Back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Well, George has been spending a lot of time in LA. Are you going to go see any of the LA teams? Kawhi's out there now. Yeah, LeBron's I mean, there. So you got I a free place out. to stay, right? I used to. St- I've been out there a lot for Hip Hop Evolution too. So, but I hopefully will get back there. I don't know if I'll get be able to get tickets though. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But I would love to see the Clippers. I did warn my sons that I was going to buy a Kawhi Clipper jersey, but they were saying, "Don't you know, sell out?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just happy we got a ring, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I'll, I will ever, forever be grateful to Kawhi Leonard. We all should be. There you go. Yeah. Um, and again, just to close off on this tangent, I've been fortunate. I yep. during the Kobe years, I was able to. I was in LA and I got a ticket and I got to go to Staples Center. Oh, right on. Cool. And see Kobe play. And so yeah, that's I don't like Kobe. Yeah. You're, you're opening up a bad can of worms. See, <laughs> this is why we could argue. So now we got to end it on a positive note. Let's yeah, go yeah, back thanks, to Bad man. Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. But yo, thank yeah. you so much for the the series. You, Shad, the whole team. You guys did like such yeah, a great job. Yeah, thanks for the support, like, brother. Yeah, yeah. We um, really appreciate like, it. Like I'm not just sucking up because I know you are. It's just like I. I like going back and seeing other stuff. And Me like, too. And you, like you said, you, there's all these little tidbits. Like, I never really fully clued in that little Kim was like the female biggie. I'm like, yeah. once they said that, I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much. <laughs> 100%, right? Right? Yeah. You get it right away. Yeah. I'm like, I felt like I was watching like Bugs Bunny. You know when you watch when he's a kid? My knees, right? yeah. <laughs> you don't get the jokes. And then when you get older, you're like, holy cow, this show is so funny. Like, yeah. And I felt I got it now. So I'm Good. looking forward to season four. So yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah. man. Thanks for the support. Maybe I'll come back and we can chat about four, man. I'm down. Yeah, we'll see how this season goes yeah. too, right? Because if uh, season four drops next year, right? We'll see yeah, how the January, Raptors do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Darby, for coming in for the second time for season three. As we discussed on the show, seasons one, two, and three can all be found on Netflix. The show is called Hip Hop Evolution. It is fantastic. As the show goes along, they've done a great job um, and just really kind of focusing in and figuring out the details and the stories and navigating the personalities. There's a lot of really cool personalities. This has been a long episode, so I'll keep this short. If uh, if you like my personality, you can hear or see more of it on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on the Twitter. They're all at my pal Sammy. Thank you for following. Hip-hop, yo.